The workplace can be difficult. Experiences of microaggressions in the workplace can make an already stressful environment even more challenging. Microaggressions are subtle, often unintentional insults directed towards marginalized groups based on race, gender, and sexual orientation. They can take many forms, including jokes, comments, or tone of voice that communicate negative messages to members of these groups. Hi everybody, it's your host Samantha and Ebony, and we're back with another episode that you don't want to miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast, where we talk about how to grow your career in an industry that was not designed with us in mind. We'll be diving deep into this topic, but before we do, if you're loving this podcast so far, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. So today we're talking about microaggressions. Ebony, what exactly is a microaggression? Microaggression, I would define it as a some type of action that is meant to be malicious, but in a undercover way. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. Do you think people always know it's malicious when they're doing a microaggression? Unfortunately not. I think some of that is taught. Unfortunately, it just based off the way the person grew up, you know, the systemic racism as well, like not knowing that something is kind of point of view is rooted in racism. So, but also sometimes people do know that their actions are microaggressions and they might not care. <laughs> so either or. Those people are the sneaky links. Right? Yes, they, they are. They don't care and they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they're the sneaky links. Absolutely. <laughs> well, who is more likely to experience microaggressions in the workplace? Absolutely minorities. And to be more specific, I think Black women for sure are the number one individuals who have to experience microaggressions. And is there a particular reason why Black women in particular might experience it more than maybe women of different races? Just from my experience, I don't think it's like, obviously it's not a competition or anything, but the stacks tend to be heavily, super high against specifically Black women, you know, just having a darker skin tone in general and just being a woman. I feel like from my experience, you know, the darker you are, the less serious you're taken, unfortunately. I might have said that in a weird way, but it's definitely something that compared to my experience and like other women of color who are a little lighter than me, I just find that I have a fight a little bit more to be heard. Not that you know, anything is like, it's not a competition, but you can definitely could have to fight a little harder in my experience. Yes, we all have to fight hard. I mean, I am considered more light skin than some of my coworkers. So I definitely deal with different challenges than some other people. So I definitely feel you on that. I feel like I still have some type of privilege a little bit in the tech community. So I have to realize that and I have to realize that my coworkers go through different things. So what microaggressions have you experienced in the workplace? A lot, but not in my current position, which is awesome. But starting out in the tech community, I remember multiple instances where emails would come to me from other developers who were male developers. Uh, I wasn't sure if they were white. It could have been, but they just automatically dismissed my opinions because there'd be situations where I had to work with vendors or work with third party, i.e. another software engineer from another company, and I'd be explaining implementation and, you know, clearly my name is Ebony. Ebony is a very common Black woman name, and it makes it obvious who you are. And so 
I always experience them dismissing my opinion or just not reading my email and re-saying something I already said that I knew I understand. So yeah, those are like the biggest microaggressions I experienced, I guess via email, but in general, I mentioned a little bit being talked over, having your ideas reset, <laughs> even though you just said it, you know, clearly they're not listening to you or just don't find you find your voice important to repeat the idea. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, good. That sounds good. <laughs> so, so I see those two things are what stand out the most for me. You mentioned that currently right now, you're not getting a lot of microaggressions from your coworkers. Why do you think that environment is different than the environment that you were in the past? Because I chose my environment carefully. I was able to, I think a lot of people forget that when you're interviewing for companies, they're not only interviewing you, you're interviewing them. And so I took the liberty of making sure to request, oh, I want to talk to a woman during my round of interviews if they didn't already have a woman scheduled talking to me. I also specified I want to talk to women of color as well. And they made sure that they, she was in a round of interviews so I can talk to her about her experience at the company. And I know tech interviews tend to be so extensive. People tend to complain to like four or five hours, not like hopefully not consecutively, but you know, they span a couple days, weeks, whatever. But I think that's very important to not only for the employer, but more importantly for yourself to really get a vibe for everyone there, how they work and to see if they actually will fight for you when inevitably experience microaggressions, especially as a minority in the workplace. So I chose the current company I work for, which is Penske Media Corporation, because I just got a really great vibe during the interview process. I asked a lot of questions to the woman and that just had endless amounts of great feedback. And, you know, I even asked them, hey, have you been supported if you experienced, you know, racism from a coworker? How would you handle that? And they were like, no, it gets shut down instantly. And so I made sure that I was comfortable with everything I was hearing and that I chose the company based off that. I love that you took the time to do that because you are 100% right. Like you are also interviewing the company and making sure that it's a safe space for you. So I want to do a kind of an exercise. I love doing exercises on this podcast. We're going to kind of practice how would you respond to a microaggression because we're here to teach other people the best way they can move forward in their careers. So let's say somebody was telling you, maybe you've never seen them online in person because we're all virtual right now and they may see only your avatar. And when you see them in person for the first time, they say, oh, you don't seem black. What's the best way to respond to that? I personally like to ask them what they mean. And I think that is important because asking them, what do you mean by that? forces them to think again about what they just said. And I prefer to not give people when possible and not give people an out to, you know, brush over the comment and hopefully make them explain it so they can eventually lead to a small conversation, hopefully that of why that was inappropriate to say. So I always say, what do you mean by that? Explain. <laughs> I was reading this article about how to respond because sometimes I'm the best responder. I like, I respond with my emotions, but like, yeah, you kind of pretend that you don't understand what they're talking about. Put that embarrassment on them. I think it's a great way to handle that situation. I think you nailed it perfectly. So another one you already mentioned was being interrupted by your male coworkers. What's the best way, or maybe like having to repeat, they repeat what you said. What's the best way to handle those situations? Well, I will first off by saying, first start off by saying that I'm definitely don't handle those situations the best because I consider myself a quiet person. So when someone interrupts me, I am not one to be like, hey, I was talking. And that takes a lot of mental energy from me. 
And so I tend, even though it may not be the right way or the best way for sure, but I tend to just let them talk and I wait for another opportunity to share my opinion. But also at the same time, I think I don't have to deal with that too much these days because I have very conscious coworkers who are cis white male who are very aware. And when they see that happen to me, they're the ones who like, hey, no, wait, let Ebony finish because they know their voice is stronger. They know that they are going to be heard. And it gets exhausting to advocate for yourself too. Cause I used to do that. I used to be like, Hey, I'm talking, can I finish? You know? And then you come off as aggressive because you're a black woman. <laughs> that, that word. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Being assertive is aggressive apparently, but yeah. So these days, especially as I grow older, I've definitely got tired of having to stand up for myself by myself. So when I usually try to leverage and let my coworkers are aware and that they value my opinion by doing that for me, because that makes me respect them more and it builds our relationship. I love that answer because I also had a challenging way to like accept that people interrupt you. I don't think it's up to me to fix that problem. It's up to the system and the allies that you have on your team who you built trust with will stand up for you or maybe it'll be like, oh, didn't Ebony say that? two minutes ago, like those comments help everybody on the team. The last one I would say is there's also sometimes people like imitate dialects and accents, right? We're not all from America. We come from all different backgrounds. So how would you handle somebody who's like mimicking a dialect or an accent? I think I would probably circle back to ask them, why did you say it like that? Yeah. And I think that's the most non-confrontational way because I think it is important to put the like you mentioned before put the embarrassment back on them make them think about what they said so so you don't have to you know number one educate them because it's not your job to educate them but being able to place that back on them and be like oh actually why did I say it like that now they get embarrassed and they want to backtrack and they can just handle embarrass themselves continuing embarrassing themselves so yeah I think as simple as going back to why did you say it like that perfect I have nothing to add to that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes microaggressions can get a little bit out of a hand and we can't actually fix it ourselves our allies are having trouble what do you do next do you go to HR do you talk to your manager how can somebody suppress all these microaggressions well I think one of the greatest benefits of choosing your workplace like carefully is that most likely, you know, based on your choice, if you did a thorough, super thorough job and made sure that stuff like this happened, you'll be supported. I simply brought it up to my manager, our HR. Thankfully, my manager is just like on it. As soon as he sees that I'm uncomfortable about something, he is always like, hey, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk. I want to understand why you feel that way. So I'm going to handle it for you. So I understand that not all people have that, you know, kind of great manager who can like almost like sense when something might be off, even without you telling them first. But I think that just goes back to why I chose my workplace carefully. So my battles with things that I cannot resolve on my own in terms of microaggressions or in general or racist comments. Once I start bringing that up to him, that's when he knows like, all right, I'm handling it. I'm talking to XYZ. I had something like that. Not like exactly like that, but I had an instance where this person was just not talking to me or being communicative because I was leading a project and things were getting behind. And, you know, I didn't really take it as 
at first as, oh, maybe because I'm a woman, because I'm a black woman. But like the more it happens, right? The more it happens, you're like, okay, I don't know. I'm really trying to be direct with you and you're still like not, you know, giving me anything to work with and you're still causing this project to like lag behind. So, you know, even though it gave me a lot of anxiety, I wrote up a huge paragraph. I'm like, all right, this is why I can't work with this person anymore. And this is what is causing this project to fall behind. And I didn't even suggest that they were like, all right, they took them off the project. I said something, they're like, oh, she is leading. So she's having a problem. So no, remove him. So I love that my job did that, or just, you know, the manager did that. And so just being able to trust your manager in HR, hopefully with coming to them once without having to like prove all this receipts and all that is helpful. So I just encourage anyone listening to take your time, find that job that's going to support you because there are jobs like that. And, you know, don't stress out every day because you're dealing with some comments that you can't get resolved. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ebony, for sharing that story. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, it's most likely not you, it's them. Until next time. Bye. Bye.